This podcast is also brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA, the world's leading U.S. college soccer recruiting experts. If you're interested in learning more, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. This week on Nebraska Soccer Talk, I had the opportunity to talk with former University of Nebraska men's soccer player Jacob Weiler. Jacob appeared in 45 games for the Mavericks, ending his career as team captain, center back, and leading UNO to their first Summit League tournament title and NCAA tournament appearance. Prior to UNO, Jacob was a standout soccer player in Fargo, North Dakota. This interview is a two-parter because Jacob and my relationship goes way back, but also because Jacob's story is so interesting. If you are a youth soccer player who aspires to reach a high level or a parent of a youth soccer player, Jacob's story will be equal parts informational and inspirational. I enjoyed catching up with Jacob and talking to him about his soccer journey and where the game of soccer and life has taken him. Before we get to this week's interview with Jacob Weiler, I do want to mention this week's big news in Nebraska soccer. Two Omaha natives, Ozzy Cisneros and Diego Gutierrez, were added to MLS teams this week. This is very exciting news for both Ozzy and Diego, and we want to wish them and their families the very best. At 16 years old, Cisneros becomes the fourth youngest player in Sporting Kansas City history. Cisneros left Omaha at age 12 to join the Sporting Kansas City Academy. Along with his successes at Sporting KC, Cisneros has also represented the USA internationally at the youth level. Cisneros signed a multi-year homegrown player contract with SKC this week. Gutierrez, a current Creighton Blue Jay and former UNO Maverick, was drafted in the third round by the Portland Timbers. Gutierrez was a standout goal scorer for the Ralston High School Rams and was a competitive player for the Elite Boys Academy under coach Chris Dunford before he entered the college ranks at UNO, later transferring to Creighton. Gutierrez will be the 46th player to be drafted out of Creighton University. Who knows? Maybe someday Ozzy and Diego will come on the pod. But now, here's Jacob Weiler. All right. Uh, Our first guest on Nebraska Soccer Talk is a former University of Nebraska Omaha captain and center back and someone that I've known for years because him and I come from the same home state and I actually was one of his assistant coaches at the club level and so I'm really excited to welcome Jacob Weiler all the way from Germany onto the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast. How's it going Jacob? Hey Joe. Hey Joe thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here for your first episode. Yeah man it's pretty cool that uh, you're the first episode and kind of it's been awesome you know I think I first Start, I first met you when you were like 14 or 15 and we've always stayed in contact through everything and now that you're on this it's it's kind of a, a cool thing to not only how we've been catching up before we started recording but also just sharing your story with a bunch of people is going to be cool because I, I think you have a really unique journey not just from where you came from but where you are now so I'm excited to share that with people. So. I appreciate that that's really uh very kind words. I'm excited to uh, share a bit um, so, with with the pod world. <laughs> yeah. So so let's start with with kind of where you came from. You and I are both, you know, North Dakota raised. We both graduated high school in North Dakota, and obviously playing soccer in North Dakota and coming from a soccer background in North Dakota is unique. So 
what were some of the struggles that you had playing soccer in North Dakota or growing up in with soccer in North Dakota? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, I spent most of my youth, I mean, all of my youth soccer life, um, in Fargo, um, went to Fargo South high school, um, played club for Red River soccer club. And then that merged into Tri-City Storm later on, which is since, um, I believe merge once again is kind of always disbanded. merging. Um, always merging at the youth level. That's all right. Um, yeah, so I played a rec as everyone does, and I got a bit more interested um, in a more competitive side. I was always a competitive child. I loved playing sports. I played basketball. You know, at a younger age, I probably I think I played basketball, football, soccer, baseball, um, and that kind of was cut down to basketball and soccer. Um, which is not super surprising. I think those games mirror each other in a lot of ways um, around self-expression and um, freedom and kind of improvisation. I still really enjoy playing basketball or watching basketball, um, but I am not a tall guy. <laughs> I'm not particularly <laughs> athletic either in the sense that I can't jump or, uh, so I'm not tall enough and I can't jump. So that was kind of, I saw a pretty, uh, there was an end in, in sight, much, much closer than this end for soccer may have been. Um, and I continued to grow more interest um, in soccer, also through my uncle Dan um, and my dad, who started uh, doing more coaching at the competitive level and taking his coaching licenses and talking with Dan um, to, you know, try and create an environment for really me and my friends that had our club team, which was quite good in North Dakota at the time to give us a good environment so that we could, you know, kind of learn actually how the game works in a little more sophisticated way, I guess. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of that. And so we were 13 or 14 and my class for the high school years was, it was a pretty good level. I think the, the two or three years surrounding me up and down were pretty good. I think you can probably speak yep. to that as well. Yeah, I mean, also in Bismarck were... and Grand Forks was uh, also Jamestown had a couple of players here and there as well. I think the level I'm a bit biased, but I can go back and say, like, I don't think the level across the whole state was as good or has been as good since then. There was like a three or four year period, not only when I was older, but before and right after that, I was like, wow, it's, there's like, there's a lot of good players here, you know, not like, you know, ODP regional team from that time level, yeah. but like for high school, good competition. It was pretty good. Yeah. And um, I think it was, it, it's always, it's always tough um, looking at the level of like when you were there and, and you don't maybe appreciate the level that some of the players you played against or play, played with were until you, you go on or, and then look back and see what's going on now. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like our teams were, our teams weren't bad. Like our, these players no, weren't I, bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there were some really good Bismarck players. Um, and, you know, you met me probably more officially through that channel that yeah. we, we had a kind of a super, a super group of kids from Bismarck and Fargo that got together um, for bigger regional events because we just, you know, we, our pool of players is not like it is in Minneapolis and Chicago and Omaha for that matter. So we needed to kind of pull the best from our small state into one team. Um, and that's also where I met you. Um, and we developed a relationship 
you know, in those training environments and also on those event weekends and at regionals and things. That was, you know, a really big, a really big piece for me because that was kind of the big show uh, really for the year because it was really, that was the best team. I think that we could have assembled, you know, maybe a couple pieces here and there, but there's so many logistical nightmares in youth soccer and traveling and uh, player passes and all that stuff. You know, we, I think we did the best for what we could have done. Um, that's credit, you know, to Dave Cook and then also all the other people you know, that were associated with the two clubs at the time. Um, that was probably the biggest struggle was, yeah, like you said, the logistics of, you know, there was you and three or four other player, top players out of Fargo. And it was like having to travel to Bismarck and then do training sessions, like three training sessions a weekend, and then travel to a game or to an MRL weekend and have to play with players that you maybe only trained with, you know, half dozen times and then play at a high exactly. level yeah and you know playing you know our first i think our first game in mrl it was the first game of any north dakota team ever in mrl's history you know i'm not sure where mrl stands in the hierarchy of things right now in youth soccer but at the time it was um, top it was top at, it was at really, the time it was, it was a good, good it was a good league yeah yeah, and we weren't in the um like elite division we weren't in the top one but we were in the first division so i guess second tier um, but we played Chicago Magic as our first game ever, um, and that was pretty shocking. You know, we had all kind of seen that level before, but, you know, that team obviously trains together three or four times a week at that, you know, at that age. And um, we were at, at some point, you know, we're still a bunch of pretty decent players kind of just thrown into one team. And we're like, all right, let's see what we can do, because we all like wanted a bit more. And that was the nice thing that we weren't ever too upset you know, we were at some point we were pretty understanding. We we're like, we, we have a ceiling because we aren't living together in the same place, but like, let's give it what we got at least. Yeah. So um, I have very fun <laughs> memories of those <laughs> trips for sure. Well, it was a, it was a talented group, but like also a really unique group in the personalities that were on that team. <laughs> like... It was a, it was a broad group of personalities <laughs> of, and people, but there yeah. were some really good players. Um, some really good players, Cole Olson and Brad Kelly. And um, from Fargo, we had Shane Dubord and Scotty yeah. Anderson. Both were really good players. And later on, like Matt Falks. And uh, yeah, I mean, a, a yes. lot of really good players that, um, yeah, we just wanted a bit more. Um, yeah. And that was kind of in North Dakota, you know, there's like, there's club and then there's high school and high school is you know, it's covered and it's kind of a big deal. It's not, uh, you know, it's not Texas American football or anything yeah. like that, but it, you know, it has its own little stage and that certainly, you know, the level is hard to keep high at some point with such a dilution, like a diluted. Yeah. Um, the, the spread of talent, pool. yeah. You know, and then there's men's league and men's league is, is super valuable actually for a young player like myself. That was like, I was like, wow, man, I got a long way to go playing against these you know, these older guys and they're just bigger and more physical and have more experience. And, you know, when you're 13, 14 playing men's league, you think, yeah, it's pretty good, you know, but at some point you also grow out of that. Um, if you are a player who's looking to, you know, kind of take more steps than the normal person, normal player in Fargo or North Dakota. Yeah. Um, so, before so yeah, we... it was always a weird dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But before we, so before we talk about your next step to, uh, you know, the collegiate level, 
you had a unique experience with your high school team because you played for Fargo South High School, graduated from Fargo South. Uh, Fargo South and Fargo is, has been a growing and ever-changing community. It looks a lot different mm -hmm. in 2021 than it did in the year 2000. Um, yep. yep. And so, you, you know, you had the opportunity to play with um, a very diverse roster that you just don't get to experience that in North Dakota necessarily. So talk about what's something that, What's something that you learned from playing with um, a lot of new Americans, first generation students? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, really incredible people, incredible stories. Um, I, I wanna give a bit of context so it like makes a bit more sense from a big picture. So when I came to South um, as a freshman in 2009, I believe was the first year we won state. Um, and myself and um, another another freshman, Kenan Kolosevich, was yep. we were the first freshman to make the varsity team in a long, long time. I don't know exactly the, the stat on it, but South was a huge high school um, in regards to population size and like density. And it was also biggest city in the state, biggest high school, you know, a lot of really talented athletes, musicians, students, everything like South was pretty dominant in most sports and most like extracurricular activities. They were very dominant. Now the next year the split happened with Davies and you know, and there's a big redistricting thing. And that was the first time then. So we went from winning state and graduating blah, over 15 seniors probably. So the next year splitting the half and like splitting the school in half um, and having a completely different like demographic to work with. And then the next year we didn't make state for the first time, basically in like the school's soccer history. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was a very, it was pretty somber, I gotta say. And so we were kind of looking like, what do we do? Cause the things that were working previously and also, you know, I'm 15 or 16, like I don't, <laughs> at the time I'm not super like into all the logistical, like uh, minutia of this whole idea. Um, but we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, what do we do so that we can like make state next year? Cause that had to be our goal because we didn't do it. Um, and we started to see a lot more interest from new Americans, um, some refugees um, and others just immigrants like Bosnian and Af like African um, were the highest in number certainly. Yep. Um, we had other people from um, Asian countries and a couple Middle Eastern kids as well. I, we had kids from 16 different countries. Um, my junior and senior year, our roster was definitely like more than 50% new Americans at points um, through from JV from varsity all the way down to like JV two. It was which is a cool which is a cool which is a cool experience for I think all, all the kids who are playing. Um, yeah, it what really some, was. What were some struggles with that having? that diverse of a roster you know soccer is an international game but every country has a very different idea of how 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 that game is played and and what what success looks like and what good soccer looks like and so as you know we're in our junior year and we start to see a lot of interest from maybe people who weren't given opportunities previously or there there wasn't space for them and all of a sudden there's like the space and we're seeing all this interest and there's like really, really talented people, also like just beautiful people and like very yeah. nice humans. Um, 
like that can't be like understated you know it's yeah. not just like a an athletic thing but like really people who really cared about soccer and soccer is part of their life and we're like dude we're all speaking the same language here like we need to with open arms like everyone please come and we need to get as many africans as many bosnians as many white kids as many kids from afghanistan or iraq as many kids as possible that speak this language of soccer bring them together in the room and then we need to find a common ground where we can where we can speak with each other so that we're all going to the same spot because certain like i'm not a big dribbler but there's like certain parts of the african soccer culture where like dribbling a guy like five times is like a <laughs> successful action yep. and for me i'm like what are you you know what are you doing but i was like okay I can't do that actually. <laughs> I actually can't do that. And I'm nowhere near as like tricky and as quick as you. I was like, I'm going to get you the ball in front of the goal. Actually. I was like, you get out wide and do that, but then give me the ball back and I'll give it back to you. And like that type of trust, it, our junior year, we took fifth place, um, which from not making state the previous year and losing an, another really good group of players. And then the next year having some pretty decent success, um was a big was a big step forward and we were like okay guys this will work but we need to like continue to involve everyone and continue to try and you know find this common ground and this this common language that we can speak together um and you know we that went into our senior year and it was really crazy competitive in that year um mm -hmm. from bismarck and also the fargo schools west fargo shanley was really good west fargo was really good we were really good yeah. Davies was also not bad and like Century obviously was yeah. really Century great Bismarck in that high. time. Yeah. Century Bismarck High, you know, they're going to always be good, you know, in that time especially and so it was really tight. Like anyone kind of, you know, Century won that year. Um but I think any of the top 4 or 5 teams could have won and people would have been like, Meh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, okay. Um but it took us a couple of years to like kind of find that ground and there were certainly, you know, there's 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 cultural things with within you know how how do you train how do you show up to training how do we how do we travel together how do we do these certain things that i was used to because i had been in a traveling soccer environment um that other people had not been you know being five minutes late to practice is not okay yeah and there were some people who had only played pickup their whole life super talented players great guys they weren't trying to do any harm but they're five minutes late to practice it just doesn't happen yeah you know and that type of communication definitely took us time. But after we like started to understand each other and try and meet people, you know, a bit more in the halfway in this like gray area, it was really, it was really cool, honestly. And I think um, the inclusion of that amount of like diversity really was, it was honestly, it was really cool. It was really cool having that many different people in a group and being able to like give opportunities to just a very wide spectrum yeah. of young kids who just wanted to play soccer and like get out there and put a jersey on. How who like you, who you like know? you said, who like you said are are awesome people and come from like amazing families. Like that was the one thing I got to learn yeah. when I was the high school a high school assistant at West Fargo, and we had a pretty diverse roster. And that was my first kind of experience coaching a diverse roster and getting to like learn about the kids that I coached, but also their parents. And then when I worked at Tri-City Soccer Club, getting to meet some of the adult league teams and players and just, and parents yeah. and learning their stories and learning. And like you said, meeting at a halfway, meeting people where they're at 
and what their understanding is and yep. trying to communicate your understanding and meet their understanding is is such a, yeah. a cool thing and it, it provides like a beautiful story and beautiful experiences and I think one thing even um and in and, and a growing experience for everyone so um and like you just yeah. I mean you covered the positives and, and some of the struggles that come with that um so you ended up at University of Nebraska Omaha like I did talk about yeah yeah <laughs> and you were you were kind of a part of you know a part of the inaugural you know the start of of yeah. the program how did you get from how was what was your recruiting process like from Fargo to UNO like how did how did coach Mim see you or how did the coaching staff see you and then how did you get to Omaha yeah, I mean, so I will put this disclaimer straight out. If if there is kids, if there are kids in North Dakota and in South Dakota who want to play at a high level, um, no one is coming to see you there. I promise you, <laughs> um, because they, no one is coming to see you there. One, because they don't know who you are and they don't really trust you, and I understand that. And two is because they're not going to get that maybe like lucky second kid they see. You know, they're going to go to some big showcase in uh, Miami or something and they're not they might be watching a player and then they see someone else they're like oh actually I'll have I'll have me a bit of that one over there um that doesn't happen in Fargo and so people are not going to come see you and that is understandable so you have to go to them um and part of that was me you know that started with the what was even that club called Dakota United yeah I started with Dakota United and going to regionals and seeing okay these are the level you know we played a Minnesota Thunder team who won nationals that year and I think I looked at the roster at some point and you know later down down the years and there was probably six or seven kids from that team that were division one players and rightfully so and now that I look back like that was the level that I wanted to be at but I was not there we were not there um And that was only, you know, four hours away, but four hours away is not, you know, unless you can't do that every day, it's really hard to, you know, be on a team from that far away. So, you know, that was kind of, it's always an idea. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to get on a team from farther away. Now I did that with a team in Sioux Falls, but you can't just, you can guest play, but you're also not going to play every minute. And I got on a couple guest rosters. I did regionals a couple of times um, as we got older and a couple of showcases, but you know, you're also not guaranteed 90 minutes just because you're a good player. You know, there's mm-hmm. other kids training and showing up every day and the, you know, that's their, that's their club team. So, you know, who am I to just be like, well, I need this opportunity. Excuse me. You know, yeah. it's not, um, that's just not really how it works. And I'm actually happy that those were the clubs that, you know, I was associated with because the people that were involved there understood but they also weren't willing to sacrifice kind of like the dignity, like the integrity yeah. of their teams and their clubs, just because, you know, I was like, well, I want a couple minutes in front of people. Now, <laughs> funny thing is all of those events and all, all that stuff, uh, Mims never, I don't believe saw me at any of those things. Um, <laughs> now, now. So did you, yeah, did you go I, to, did you go to a camp then or how did they, yeah. Did you so send I video? went to I had sent video and I, I, he did see me at the Omaha FC indoor showcase with, um, I played a year up with okay. uh, Dakota Alliance team out of Sioux Falls. Um, and he saw me there. Um, and he basically had said, yeah, come to our camp so I can see you up close essentially. Cause you can also then you will play against some of our players, you know, in a couple, you'll see some of our players do a couple demos. You'll see a little bit, you'll see the campus. He's like, if you want, 
if you want a real evaluation, if you really want a chance for me to be able to say, yes, maybe this can work or absolutely not, please come to that because, you know, and now looking back, you know, if I would have left it at that, that would have clearly been a no. That's like a really, right. really nice way of saying no. Um, but I was <laughs> so motivated to do it <laughs> and I didn't even read into that. I was like, yeah, okay. He said, go to the camp. So we're going to go, you know, and I had been in contact with some other smaller D1s, some mid major D1s in the Midwest. And um, there was a couple coaching changes that were not so helpful for me where I thought I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I think I'm going to have a foot in here. They really liked me um, at UW-Milwaukee. There was a camp I played really well at um, and they were really interested and they had emailed me back a couple of times, but then there was a there was a staff change and you know, that's just the end of it. You know, there's yep. not really, it's just kind of cold and yeah. that's the end. You know, I just kind of delete that. Yeah. It's hard with a coaching change. Cause then they want to bring in their own players. They may not want, you know, they may not trust what the other coaching staff was doing and stuff. So, so yeah. then yeah. you went and to the uh, camp at, so you went to the camp at UNO. Yeah. I went to the camp at UNO. Um, I played really well, actually. I played pretty well. Um, and Mims is always and has always and will continue always to be very honest and very straightforward. Sometimes brutal, sometimes brutally so. Brutal. I remember some no, of the no, stories no, that you told me. <laughs> definitely brutal, but I, you know, I also appreciate that because you, you're not gonna. He's gonna tell you straight up, and I also trust his opinion because he is a yeah top coach. He is a really great soccer mind. Um, yep. And that was pretty clear from the, you know, he also can play really well. Yes, he can. Player, and he's, <laughs> he's pretty willing to show you that um, as well. And I was like, okay, this guy is not a joke. Uh, I'm going to take what he says, like 100% as, as it is. Um, and, you know, he basically told me, he's like, it's going to be really hard for you to play here. Um, he's like, you have some really nice pieces. You have, you have nice feet. You have nice touch. Uh, He's like, you're pretty slow. You're not athletic enough. Um, he's like, you're really fit. He's like, you ran all day. He's like, which is a very, really nor which is a very, nor which is a very North Dakota thing, by the way, to be very fit, but to be not very athletic. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I was aware of that. It's, that's not the first time I had gotten that um, feedback that had always been the feedback is that I was not, my first step was half a step too slow and that I couldn't jump quite high enough and me. I wasn't physical enough, um, which, yep were all very valid. And um, I had heard those many times before. Now, the physicality is something that's actually really difficult to work on because you can be physically very strong. But, you know, I was in North Dakota is not, it's, there's hard games in the fact that people are recklessly aggressive, but it's not like you just can't win the ball off some big dude. Yeah. That doesn't happen in Fargo in the same way that it happens at a division one level. Right. Where like some guy would just stick his arm out and he's like, nah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, I was just... getting, and I hadn't really had that experience where I was like, I'm big and I'm strong, but I didn't really have the same type of fight. Also, just in my posturing, I was very straight up all the time in my knees and my hips. And I did have to come down probably like half a foot or more in like my posture as I was running and kind of moving about the field. That was uh... so long story short he's like you know it's gonna be hard now i if you want to try um we can keep talking and see what see where it goes and you know good luck in your high school season stuff like that and, and you're like to reach out sign me up <laughs> i was like 
I was like, great. That was pretty much, uh, that was like a really half yes, right? Um, so, <laughs> you know, and I kept, I kept after him. I kept after him. And, um, you know, I think if, if I wouldn't have kept after him, he would have found, you know, obviously someone else to take my spot, which was actually never really a spot. Um, but at some point, you know, we had the conversation. He's like, you have a spot on the team. Um, I suggest you graduate um, a semester early from high school to come in. He's like, because you are developmentally behind. Which was really, which was really a unique thing to do at the time, like across all sports. Because like now you Super see it, you, you see it in football and bat. You see it in football a lot now. But eat, when you yeah. did it, you did it. Kids at and there were no kids doing that, and especially not at soccer in North Dakota. Yeah, but you could not have given me a better thing to do. Honestly, I was like, nice man. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take these online classes and get me out of here. I'm like, I'm ready. Like, put me in put me into these training sessions. I want to get out of here. I want to play. And I remember that. I remember that being your mentality. Yeah. And, and, and he loved that as well. And I was a bit relentless and I always was. um, And I continue to try and have that in my life in whatever, you know, in whatever field it might be. Um, But he was very, very honest from the beginning. He's like, you could come. He's like, you will not play right away. I'm going to tell you that because we have guys in spots right now because it was a building. This was a brand new program. This was like three years in to this new program, freshly out of division two, brand new soccer program, still trying to get the stadium, you know, fixed up or like to be constructed. And there's all these plans and stuff. It all sounded a bit, you know, far-fetched maybe and a bit like far off, but I could, you know, he had such a, he was so convincing and he's like a really incredible salesman but he's also relentless in the way he like recruits and the way he trains and the way he like goes forward. I was like, dude, I totally believe that this stuff is going to happen. Um, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Spo- spoiler it spoiler did. alert. <laughs> <laughs> it did. So I'm happy that I trusted him, but it, um, he was very, he was very open. He said, you may never play. You could play here for five years. You could redshirt and you may come in a semester early and you could play here for five years and you may play zero minutes. Um, and he's like, or you may play your last two years, or you play half a year, or you transfer out. He's like, I don't know, but you have a spot here. Um, but I am not going to tell you. I'm not going to give you any. You know, you don't have any athletic money. Um, I, you're not going to be guaranteed any playing time or any, you know, sort of this stuff. You're going to be treated like a player on the team. You're going to train with us, all that stuff. He's like, but you know, the rest is a bit up to you. Um, and again, I was like, all right. Uh, that's my only division one offer right now. And I just was not willing. I was not interested in playing in somewhere else, like somewhere else, the, the strength of their schedule at the time for the, you know, they were started out as the worst team in the country. And every year they were scheduling teams that they should not have been scheduling, but that showed me, I was like, dude, these guys want to play and they don't want to play against, you know, in, in, in some grassy field in the Midwest, like they want to play against Stanford. They want to go to Stanford and play at Stanford. They want to play against UCLA. They were, and I wanted that. And I was like, okay, done. Let's do it. We go in and I didn't play for two and a half years. (laughs) Yeah. You're, I I remember, I remember talking to you your first, like, I remember talking to you that first semester that you were down there early. Um, like we went out, we went to breakfast cause I was down there for the UNO UND hockey series. Um, that's kind of when we always crossed paths over the years until I moved to Nebraska. And then when I saw you more and got to see you play more. Um, but uh, I just remember you were like, it's really hard. <laughs> that was like, it's just yeah, really, man. really hard. And 
And I was always curious. I didn't know that first, if that you would make it through that first year and a half, because that, that's, that's really hard to, to be, to be asked of asked that much of you and to not really ever get that true reward from, you know, the true playing reward. So. Yeah. And the first, you know, the first half I was just like, okay, there's no games in the spring. This is all training. We have five games later on in the, at the end of the spring. It's all about fitness. It's about fighting for like little tiny, you know, like posturing for these positions. I still didn't really have a position. I was like, I just need experience and I need to go in and I need to just like bust my butt. And we ran that, that semester was the most intense fitness of semester, like most fitness intensive semester in all my years at UNO was that first semester. But I absolutely smashed it, Joe. I'm not gonna lie. I was so fit. I was so fit going into the next year. I was running ridiculous mile times, like mile and a half, ridiculous. Um, but again, just because you're fit and just because you're prepared does not mean you're good and does not mean you're ready. Um, and that was a really hard, like spoonful of stuff to choke down because I like won the fitness test. Dude, and you were super. I remember you were super fit, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I probably I was won't play this fall. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but you know what? I was like, there's some really good players here, man. There were some really good players there, and I was like, the least I can do is be really, really fit, because maybe my touch is going to be off, or maybe I'm not going to be as strong, or maybe I can't do this and this. But I was like, but if I can run all day, there's a chance I might get some minutes, you know. And so that, but that was kind of my, you know, being fit is the least you can do. Like you should also not get a like prize for being fit <laughs> because that is the least amount of work you can do, but it does show people that you care because it is not fun necessarily. You know, we always like, say I'm a that, soccer player. I'm not a runner. <laughs> yeah. We always say, but we always do say as coaches is, 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 is fitness is a really good indicator of commitment to your team and to yourself, because it's just, like you yep. said, it shows that you care and, you know, in teams that I've coached, oftentimes it's my, the best players are the most fit one, because they're just com more committed in general. So they're more committed to being the best player, to being the most fit, to being the strongest, all that stuff. But it says yeah. something about you as a player, but also as the culture at UNO where like you wanted to be the most fit. And I mean, I've never yeah. coached a team where the player who wasn't playing at all was the most fit. It just, that, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that resonated with people and uh, coaching staff and other players. Like people knew that I wanted to be there. That was never a question for people, yeah. and that was kind of like stamped from day one. Um, and I think that, you know, they knew I wasn't going to leave, and that can be good or bad. But that also gave a lot of room for me to grow because you know Jay saw me and he was like, okay, let's start a project then because this is going to be silly to, to, you know, let's not, you know, he never was like, we're going to redshirt your first year and then this and this and this. He's like, well, let's see, let's wait, let's see. And then if you, if we need you in a game, you're always fit and you can play soccer so you can go in. Okay. So it didn't, I didn't play my redshirt year. I ended up getting redshirt. Thank God it was the best <laughs> decision I could have made. I'm so happy. I didn't waste it. You know, yep. I'm really happy. I didn't play in a minute for that year because it would have wasted something going forward well Next we know year, that i appeared we know that jay's a good coach coach moon's a good coach and like that is not a, yeah the force <laughs> i mean like the foresight 
kind of whether it was on purpose or lucky or whatever, but the foresight to be like, we're going to redshirt you and really actually put time into you. Like that paid, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to tell us, I know, but it, that paid off. So. And that was part one of my interview with former UNO Maverick, Jacob Weiler. Make sure to subscribe so you can catch next week's episode where we learn how Jacob's redshirt year paid off for both Jacob and the UNO men's soccer program. We'll also get to hear where soccer has taken Jacob since graduation and what he is up to now. Thank you for listening to episode two of the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Nebraska Soccer Talk is now available on all podcast platforms. Share with your friends and family. This podcast is also brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA the world's leading U.S. college soccer recruiting experts. If you're interested in learning more, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com.